This episode of Transform Your Workplace is brought to you by Zenium HR. Learn more about Zenium's complete HR plus payroll solution at zeniumhr.com. All right, today's episode features Emmy Thomas. Emmy is the VP of Brand and Marketing for Logical Position. They're a pay-per-click management company and digital marketing agency located in Lake Oswego, Oregon, but they have employees all across the nation. So what's interesting is I've actually used Logical Position for some of my marketing and we've ended up doing some leadership training for Logical Position and they've been on a rocket ship. They went from 100 employees, I think, back in 2016 to, I think Emmy said, 900 today. And like I said, they've got employees all across the nation, maybe even the world, if I remember right. And Emmy's got a really unique career arc that will add a lot of value to this discussion. Emmy started in sales, went to the recruiting team, then became a recruiting manager, then went into the employee experience department, then joined marketing, and now she's the VP of brand and marketing. And what I love about her experience is that I've always felt like a brand needs to be cohesive across the employee experience and the customer experience. And when you have marketing and HR working in silos, that is hard to come by. But Emmy's done both. So having her in her leadership bring those two functions together can work really beautifully. In this discussion, we're talking about how the pandemic really caused them to adapt to the world in front of them how they manage the remote work with their employees, especially when they're hiring all across the nation, the onboarding experience, employee engagement and experience, and what the leadership team's doing to make sure that they're constantly developing their people. So you're going to get a lot out of this. There's a lot to unpack in this episode, but I think you're really going to enjoy this story from Emmy Thomas. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, any of those places. I'd love to hear from you. I love connecting with listeners and just hearing how you're liking the content. And connect with Emmy Thomas. I think she's on LinkedIn as well. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next week. Next week, we've got an awesome, another local guest actually. We'll have Rayland Logan and Katie Burtis of Cinder. And we're talking about diversity and equity inclusion. And you're going to love that episode. That one's a really, I've been looking forward to publishing that one. So stay tuned for next week as well. And talk to you next week. Emmy, it's a pleasure to have you on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for coming on the show. Yes, Brandon. Thank you for having me. Let's start the the show off with talking about your career arc. It's a pretty unique one. You've been with a company called Logical Position for quite a long time. Maybe share some of the roles that you've had. Yeah, for sure. So I started at Logical Position uh, six years ago or so back in 2016. And it was my first professional role out of college. And I started on our sales team, entry-level position. And on the sales team, I really got the opportunity to learn our products really well. I think it's an amazing place to start in any company because you really get to know the ins and outs of what the company is selling, what the product is. And I did that for several months and it really gave me good insight in just understanding how our company operates in terms of how we deal with clients. 
and what we have as client offerings and deliverables and that whole side of the business. And then, funny enough, I kind of transitioned into the recruiting side of things. That's a weird um, shift. It's a very, <laughs> a very, very weird shift. Yeah. And we're a rapidly growing company, right? So back when I started in 2016, we probably had about 120 employees, whereas now we've got 900. So yeah, there's, there was a lot of recruiting done between those years. So yeah, it was just, there was a need for it. I hadn't like moved up in sales within those first handful of months too rapidly. I was kind of at the perfect sweet spot to be fluid where I could do a shift to another department. Um, So yeah, there was an opening in recruiting. It felt like a good fit. So I moved over to our recruiting team, which at the time was myself and one other colleague. And we basically tag team doing all of our sales recruiting and all of our product recruiting for those positions. And we also in that role, like worked on new hire orientation and training. And so I like to say it was a nice transition because I went from understanding what makes a really great client for logical position to understanding what makes a really great employee for logical position. And for context for, for listeners, logical position is a sales and marketing organization. So a lot of times the talent that you're looking for are digital marketers, correct? Exactly. Yeah. We do, um, of course, have some operational positions, but a lot of the talent is focused on either selling the product and being a digital expert on all sides or being um, a digital expert in a specific niche. So whether it's SEO or pay-per-click or paid social, email advertising, the list kind of goes on of our different services. But yes, exactly. We're, We're always looking for digital marketing professionals. So yeah, like learning how to, I guess, sell the company to candidates on why I love working at Logical Position and why I think other people would be a good fit. It just was a very nice, seamless role in my career path or transition in my career path, I should say. I did that for several years and over time, our recruiting team grew, obviously, in order to get from, you know, 120 employees to 900, that team had to expand a little bit more than just a couple of people. And I eventually became the recruiting manager and we ended up having several recruiters across the entire company. So um, we have offices throughout the country and I was managing a group of remote employees even back then before remote work really um, hit the scene. (laughs) Wow, interesting. So then after that recruiting manager position, where did you end up? Yeah. So then another funny turn um, with recruiting again, now I'm invested in like the operational side of the company, learning kind of even the HR side of it. And it kind of trickled nicely into the culture of our organization. And I started just working hand in hand with what at the time was our culture team. And it kind of paved the way for a really nice seamless transition into employee experience. So then I moved into our employee experience department and kind of had headed that up. And that happened at just an interesting time. We were already planning a transition before the pandemic. Pandemic kind of paused things. And then I ended up entering that department and kind of um, leading that department mid 2020. <laughs> Pause real quick on, on this position. So employee experience, I mean, I, th- I grasp it as a, as a function, but what, what does a team of employee experience people do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's very different today than it might have looked two and a half years ago. So, but it's a great question. So, employee experience 
as a whole, right? It, it is exactly what it sounds like. We are in charge of creating and making sure that the culture within the office and the culture throughout different employees and their experience at work is everything that it can be. Basically, I say that the mission of our department is making employees proud of where they work. Mm. So that's kind of the external message and making sure that the company externally, you know, we have different offerings that make them proud to work at our company. And then internally, they feel valued and appreciated and heard. And so, yeah, we're basically the enablers of all of that. So two and a half years ago, you know, that was a lot of events running different employee programs. We used to do things um, like wellness week, um, or different drives or just different events, even putting together things, um, like as silly as it sounds, but like catered meals in the office, like little appreciation type things for employees. And now a lot of what we've been working on is like, how do we keep that same culture, but turn it for a remote work environment, which we still find ourselves heavily in and it'll never really be exactly the same. So yeah, it's just, it's a little bit different now focused very much so on consistent company communication focused on how can we still find creative ways to do some of those same events, but from a distance and how can we still have a lot of opportunity for employee appreciation. So then fast forward to today, you are Logical Positions VP of Brand and Marketing. So what does that role do? And do you touch mm-hmm. still employee experience? Are you involved? I mean, I would imagine it's across the entire organization, both as a client facing brand, but also from an employer or employer branding perspective as well. Exactly. Yeah. And again, it was just a very seamless transition um, where we over the past or over the first year or so that I was working with the employee experience team, we really got our internal company communication very dialed. And we then wanted to make sure that our internal branding and our internal voice matched our external branding and voice. So that's when I jumped into the marketing side and started working more with that team. And so yes, I currently oversee both teams and they work so lovely together and messaging is able to be similar across the board. So the beauty of employer branding is especially somebody like you who's been on the sales side, you've been on the marketing side, you've been on the recruiting side. So you've seen both sides, both at a client perspective and both from like an HR recruiting employee experience perspective. And it's beautiful when you attract and and retain people that are using the same language, they have the same purpose. You basically get them rowing in the same motion and then you're promising something to the market on the marketing (laughs) sales side and all of that matches. That's when it's beautiful. Yeah, that's the idea. And when there's so many different products and services, and that means that there's so many different types of positions available, there's just a lot of moving parts. Um, So I don't ever a single day take for granted kind of the um, pathway that got me to the position that I'm currently in because I use pieces from what I learned on the sales floor six years ago and pieces that I've learned from recruiting in my job every single day still. So I do really appreciate kind of the journey that that got us to the current place that we're at. Yeah. That's a, it's a great career story and your story's not done, of course. You're, you're a culture champion of logical position, obviously. And I, I'm curious what the culture was like pre-pandemic. And then, you know, I think you mentioned 120 employees when you started back in 2016. So what was it like? Yeah. So one of our company values is plain and simple. It's fun. And hopefully our employees all feel that way. It is a very energetic job to have for an office desk job, right? Um, so we 
before the pandemic, we had different offices throughout the country. Um, we had six. I believe. And so you kind of walk into any of the offices, whether it's a headquartered office or our HQ office in Portland or technically Lake Oswego, Oregon, or one of our remote sales offices, or for example, places like Chicago and Charlotte at the time were sort of hybrid where we had product team members as well as sales teams. But I was fortunate to travel to all of our offices doing different new hire orientations and checking in on culture in each of the different places. And there's just like a very strong energy, especially on the sales floor. The sales floor, in my opinion, is like the most fun place to be. You can never beat the energy of um, a sales floor. Does your sales team have like one of those bells that they ring or a gong? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Both, depending on the office, depending on the vibe. But yeah, and um, like a spinning wheel for because like the sales bell, the gong, like those celebrate the big wins, right? Hey, we brought on a new client. That's awesome. Um, we also do like, we like to celebrate the mini wins too, right? The things leading up to that. So they also celebrate things like linking an account, which basically means that like a client has, or a prospective client has agreed to like talk with us and have us look at their account and do a review of it. And so there's like a wheel with incentives for that too. So the sales managers definitely know how to get their teams going. I always love when I would visit the other offices, I would purposely sit out on the sales floor and do my work from there. Cause it's just like the hot spot to be for um, good energy. <laughs> when the pandemic hit in, in like March, 2020, what changed about your workforce? You're already spread across the nation. You said yeah. sort of hybrid environment, but I mean, did you see any of the people practices change? with the way you guys worked? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what was kind of important first for the pandemic is to realize that there's going to be some holes definitely created with this new remote work environment, something that we'd never done before. But then we learned, I think, to kind of find a lot of the pros to the remote work environment, things that have dramatically improved our company communication, you know, two years into it. So I think, you know, first we looked at it as like, oh, no more water cooler talk. We're not getting the buzz of the office as much or at all at that point in time. We needed to kind of rethink communication, right? When you used to just walk past somebody and have like a quick impromptu meeting, those sorts of things weren't happening the same anymore. And yeah, how do we keep people engaged if we no longer, as silly as it sounds, have things like catered lunches in the office or office parties and happy hours. Um, And we're slowly bringing those things back to our local offices, which is awesome. But at the time, right, those were kind of the holes that we needed to fill or find, you know, new solutions for. Um, But some of the like really positive things that have come out of remote work environment for us is that it really leveled the playing field of the employee experience across the board, right? Because before it almost felt like these different offices might be a little bit segregated from each other. You know, the experience at one office might've felt different than the experience at another office. And so now when we have company communication, it is to the entire company all at the same time, everyone's receiving the same information. And the past two years have really allowed us to streamline that and make sure that company communication is much more clear. Um, and it's designed to have a wider reach, not just an announcement made in a single office. Um, so I think that's like a big change that we've figured out and we've learned from over the past couple of years. What sort of communication channels are you using? 
We have a handful of different ways that we communicate with employees. And of course, it depends on what the content is. And I always like to think first, who is the content appropriate for? Is it for people who want to work in the office? Is it for people who are working remotely? Is it for specific departments? So I also kind of serve as like a mediator at LP when people have an announcement, trying to help them find the best channel to get that news to the correct person. So one simple piece of company communication that we do, and it's really for morale and just announcements. And we're not like reinventing the wheel with this one, but it's just a monthly employee newsletter. And it is going to include things like announcements and updates. If we've got upcoming workshops or even more like HR related announcements, if benefits season is upon us, things like that. Sometimes we'll include words from leadership, from our co-CEOs or our co-founders going in and writing words to the employees. We'll do things like an employee spotlight or a team spotlight so people can see what other employees within the company are working on. And honestly, what other roles exist? What other jobs outside of people's um, job descriptions are being worked on at the company to kind of give folks a bigger picture since they can't see it in the office anymore? We include things like wellness tips, giveaways, and we even have like a little section that we call the break room. And it's got like games, puzzles, brain teasers, um, things like that. So so yeah, that's kind of just like our, um, that's a morale piece of written content that's really easy to put together, send out to employees and have it be like also a little bit of, I treat it as like my time capsule of each month. So at the end of the year, I like to go back and look at like all of our company newsletters and see what was LP doing in January of 2021 versus January of 2022. Does this come from your desk or does it come from the employee experience team? Um, yeah, the employee experience team works on this. I review it. Um, our founder and chief operating officer, or operations officer review it. Um, so yeah, it goes through a bunch of eyes. We make sure that we've kind of crossed the T's, dotted the I's, and then it goes out company-wide. But yeah, our employee experience team executes it. And typically I do a kickoff meeting with them at the beginning of the month and we kind of figure out, all right, what do we have going on in March? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's one big company communication thing that has been helpful, but I can go into others. <laughs> yeah, I want to hone in on something you said. You, you said that pre-pandemic, there might've been some silos based on mm-hmm. being in person, uh, some people being remote. I would imagine that if you're using the correct communication tools, I think you use Microsoft Teams. Uh, we talked about that offline. And when everybody's remote, it sort of evens the playing field a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's a lot more easy for people to almost just reach out to folks that maybe they've not interacted with before too, where in the office you're kind of stuck in your little pod where you work, you know, the people around where you're working. And when you're working from home or home office or wherever folks, and we do have people going back into the offices now too. So we're kind of a mixed bag, but all of a sudden, like your network of people that you can connect with and like solve problems with has busted wide open. (laughs) And now you're finding different employees and colleagues to collaborate with because Microsoft Teams is just a Teams message away. I think a lot of people listening would probably agree with me when I say onboarding is probably the most challenging aspect of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you integrate somebody into the culture when it was never this way before and you're all sort of like learning on the fly? 
What changed about your onboarding approach? A lot of credit goes to our HR and education teams. I remember, and our recruiting teams and the IT teams, right? So those are kind of the four main teams that are involved in getting employees equipment, even Um, the recruiting process and getting employees set up for that first day. It's no longer just, hey, walk in the door and then we'll take it from here. Um, So like they're figuring out from, you know, the very top of the morning, how to get in touch with employees and get them synced up on their computer, how to get them their technology. And then once orientation and onboarding actually starts, our HR team has kind of figured out the sweet spot for what the perfect new hire class size is. That was a big issue for us to work through. So is 20 too many or is 10? Can we go bigger um, for how many people can fit into a new hire orientation class? So they kind of figured out what their sweet spot is. And we've course corrected many times over the course of kind of figuring out what formula works for us. And so we do group meeting rooms, group presentations virtually, which also, of course, this allows us to hire much more widely than before. Um, So talent is easier and more opportunity is available in different locations, which is great before when we might only have had a sales position in Henderson, Nevada, for example. Now they can also apply to product roles or operational roles in that location. And so we're getting a lot more folks with a lot more specialties, which is really cool. But back to orientation, after they complete the HR portion of it, then our education team steps in and really gives them a breakdown of who is logical position, what does working at the company look like. And I think from that, there's a lot to be said about like the dynamic and content that you're including in the new hire orientation presentation. So not just like talking at employees through a screen all day, but having engaging segments, having video segments, having um, separate lessons that they can then go do afterwards. So it kind of, we try to pull people through the experience where it kind of switches up throughout their um, onboarding. And it's not just, hey, listen to me give you the information for an entire eight-hour day. Because, of course, you know, that's hard in person. It's even harder through a virtual screen. Something I've talked with a lot of people about, both in within my company and, and externally as well, is this notion of like going back to the office and it being like it was pre-pandemic. And I think so many of our organizations everywhere, depending on the type of industry that they're in, had to adapt to this remote workforce. And it seems like you guys adapted in a way that a lot of these things are probably going to stick for the long term. Like this is this mm-hmm. is just the new way that logical position is doing so. We're not going back to the way we did things before. Is that true? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're we're kind of at that that point now, right? Where offices are reopening, like you mentioned. So we are so happy to bring back elements of before, but it's not copied and pasted from how it was before. (laughs) Um, So things like we're starting to have appreciation, um, social hours, and, you know, that is something that we might do monthly or bi-monthly. But so if people aren't coming into the office every single day, at least it gives them the excuse or the opportunity to come in, see some colleagues, meet people in person if they haven't before, put a face 
to names a little bit better. But at the same time, like a lot of the practices that we've determined through this remote work environment, like the way that we now do new hire orientation, for example, that's never going away. We're never having people enter a conference room and sit through new hire orientation anymore. It's always going to be virtual. Yeah. And that just allows us to hire more widely, have a lot more opportunities. So it is a win-win in the long run. We just had to figure out how to do it first. Definitely took some speed bumps over like the year of 2020 to figure out, like I said, the right formula. I know recognition and appreciation is core to logical position. Uh, You, Mm -hmm. pre-pandemic, had an award show, I think it's called the Cube Awards. And then pandemic hit, you had to shift it to something virtually. Give me the kind of the the pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, and then maybe where you think all that's going. <laughs> yeah, totally. So actually, we've always done company awards, right? Um, they've always been quarterly awards at our all-company meetings, which again, is something we still do before. And here's another quick example of how everybody's more on a similar playing field now. Before, we used to host the all-company meeting from our Oregon office in Lake Oswego. And so all the Oregon employees would be there live and all the other employees would be tuning in from their offices. So again, it's painting a different experience. Not for inclusion. Yeah, right. It's painting a different experience where now our all company meeting is very much designed for virtual. Even the presenters are all in different places. Um, so yeah, much more inclusive. So anyways, we've always done awards like that. Um, what we actually did pre-pandemic that led to the Cube Awards that we had to find a fun solution for, which ended up being the Cube Award program, is our yearly holiday parties. We would have them in all the different offices. And so it really wasn't an award show before, but it was very much, hey, This is employee appreciation with a fun holiday celebration um, and something that, of course, every employee looks forward to every single year. Yeah, 2020 hits, you can't do it. 2021 hits, still can't do it as much as we tried. Um, But in 2020, we figured, you know, we're not going to be able to do our holiday party. We know that going into it. We still want to give the employees like a reason to celebrate something really fun to kind of end the year on a high note. And that's when we came up with the Cube Awards. So the Cube Awards have actually only been virtual. And what they are, first off, um, I'll explain the name, our company logo. When you kind of look at it from the right direction, it looks like a three-dimensional cube. So that's where the name comes from. It's kind of just off of the logo's namesake. And it It is an award celebration designed to award employees who showcase excellence in each of the five, or I'm sorry, six company core values. Plus we added a seventh award for diversity and inclusion. So we've got these seven awards and um, each department head is able to nominate members of their org. And then our executive leadership goes through and reads the nominations and selects the winners. And so the award show is, it's to honor all of the nominees. Of course, it's to honor the winners. And there's also other um, like special surprises kind of sprinkled in throughout the award show um, for all employees to enjoy. Think of it kind of as like our version of, the Grammys. <laughs> um, like we do musical performances. We have a local band come and record a performance or multiple performances just for our employees. Um, we've had things like cameos that we've had different celebrities, you know, what? speak to our employees. Yeah. So we try to come up with different surprises to make it fun. We also have um, our partners like Google and Microsoft. They um, 
tune in and provide well wishes to our employees at the end of the year. So it truly kind of is like it's an award show, but also like it's meant to be entertaining for employees and just kind of kick it off on a feel good um, note or kind of end things for the year on a feel good note. So once we did our first one, it was so cool to see because again, when we were having those meetings before where it was in Portland and the other offices were tuning in or even our holiday parties before where we were having different ones across the country (laughs) and, um, and you didn't really get an idea of what other offices were experiencing. Now I just was so happy the first time that we did it in 2020 and we left the, um, we run it on YouTube live and it's a private event just for our company and we leave the comments open so people can chime in throughout the event. And I just see the, the comment channel absolutely blow up with like well wishes to the winners, emojis, just like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. This is so awesome. Love working, you know, with this group of people, just seeing those different comments kind of blow up the group chat as the show progresses. It's definitely something that even when we do maybe have in-person holiday parties again, we will always have the Cube Awards because yeah, we've never gotten to see like, full company camaraderie from coast to coast like we have with this event before. So a very, very cool thing that had come from, yeah, the the distance in the pandemic. Given the fact that you have grown significantly, I mean, 120 employees when you started to over 900 now, and that's what, six-year time frame. I mean, with that kind of growth, you've really got to have some things in place that allows for people to elevate throughout their career because you can't just keep hiring people. From, I mean, you're going to have to hire from the outside, but you want to obviously elevate people from within. I mean, probably need both pipelines really operating simultaneously. What kind of continuing education programs do you have at LP. Yeah, I'm glad that you bring this up, Brandon, because that's it. That's a huge thing, right? People having an opportunity to see their career path and see promotion within their view. And so first, that's a huge thing at Logical Position. And it's kind of just like it's in the DNA of LP where we nine times out of 10 promote from within because all of our strategies, especially on the product side or the sales side, those are things that are proprietary to LP and how we manage accounts. So um, people kind of have to grow with the company to kind of get to those different management level positions or senior positions on their team or whatnot. So yeah, we are very much all about growing from within and promoting from within. In terms of continued education, um, this is something that is super special. And again, credit to our education team. They developed a program called Logical Position University. We call it LPU for short. And this is something that new hires get assigned, you know, some lessons after they start. And they're virtual lessons, just like if you were to go online and take a a course, a college course online, reading through the information, Um, but it's specific logical position content or specific digital marketing content. Is it through like an LMS of some sort? Like Exactly. What kind of platform do you use? Yep. It's through an LMS. We use Lessonly um, as our LMS. Yep. And so, yeah, it's going to have some things that are more internal focused, right? So like maybe 
HR puts together a training, um, as silly as it sounds, you know, sexual harassment, like a really quick and easy yeah. way. It's necessary. To, yeah, it's necessary, right? But yeah, it's good for checks and balances for things like that when you talk about like the organizational side of an organization. But then it's really, really helpful for career development too. Um, so we'll have, you know, let's say sales is a great example. Um, they have several different lessons throughout their onboarding. It's called Sales 100, Sales 200. So it really allows us to not kind of overload them with too much information at the beginning. And it almost, it automates it. So when somebody starts in, you know, the first day of their training program, they're going to learn a little bit one-on-one from their, um, we call them SDCs, sales development coordinators. That's the person who's really training them and getting them ready to pass off to their manager. And then once they kind of get passed off and are now working one-on-one with their manager, they're also assigned sales 100 courses. And that's giving them an even deeper dive on topics that their manager might not have time to really dig into. And then we also have sales 200, which comes a little bit later. But what's interesting about the two programs those two assignments particularly is it ties into a pay model and a promotion model. So as they, yeah, as they kind of make their way through the training, make their way through different sales targets and growth targets, they then kind of see themselves go from a digital marketing specialist one to a DMS two to a senior DMS. And then we also have something called president's club, um, which kind of comes in based off of sales and performance. But yeah, It's really cool how the LMS and the education system within Logical Position University ties into their progression and that ties into their pay model. I love that. Um, So yeah, it all works very, very hand in hand together. Yeah, but it does create for a a situation where you can come in and you have at least a target. You know what you're shooting for and you might understand, you know, it's going to take me six months, 12 months, et cetera, to get there, but they can kind of see it mapped out for them. Does logical position allow for employees to do some of that education on work time or is it all on their own? Oh, yeah. No, it is all work time. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, there's incentives for, for both parties, of course. Yep. <laughs> uh, it will help the organization move forward, I'm sure. Yeah. And obviously, it helps the, the pay model for employees. So win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Who's developing the content for the LP University? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's very much a mix. So the education team works with, I guess, the person who's the most appropriate to come up with different lessons. Subject matter expert. Exactly. Yeah. So for sales, they definitely worked really closely with people in sales leadership, with the sales development coordinators, etc., to put together those pieces of content. But then we also have paid social advertising, for example, totally different department. They need to train their new hires on something much more niche than maybe what sales gets in relation to the paid social training. It's going to go a little bit deeper. And so they'll work with somebody in paid social to be the expert on that content and really develop all of the pieces that need to be included in it. So as we kind of wrap up, I'm curious if there's any other things that we didn't touch on that make the culture at Logical Position really special, something that makes you so unique that you're going to continue to attract and retain people. Yeah, I appreciate you asking. I think, honestly, the most like simple answer that 
I feel that LP is special from other places that I've worked before is that our leadership team truly has very, very open ears for feedback from all levels of the company. And we do a lot of employee surveying. Like they, they really truly want to have a pulse on how employees are feeling, areas that we could improve on, areas that we could expand on. And they take it to heart and, you know, it might not be immediate action, but it's always something where action's being worked on behind the scenes. So I think just really listening to their people and using all levels of employees at the company as a resource because there's so much talent, right? Within 900 people, there's so much talent. And I think our leadership team just does a really great job of trying to pull from the ideas that are happening everywhere, not just within, you know, their sweet executives. Emmy, thanks for providing so much value to listeners and telling your story. It's um, it's a, an amazing story so far. You're you're going to continue writing the rest of the story, and I'm I'm excited to see where you go. Logical position goes. I love I love seeing all that growth. So congratulations on that. If people want to connect with you, where, where's the best way to do that? Yeah, to find logical position. First on social, we're at logical position, singular position <laughs> um, on Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. So yeah, that's the best place to find us. And also logicalposition.com, especially for um, any business owners who are looking for help with their digital marketing needs. It's a really easy way for them to get in touch with us and them connected to the right person. <laughs> Fantastic. My guest today has been Emmy Thomas. She's the VP of brand and marketing at Logical Position. Emmy, thanks for being part of the show. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon.